cry? No. Are you crying? Oh. Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Hey, cassettes, and welcome back to the Black Case Diaries. Hey. Oh, man, oh, man. What's up? <laughs> We are three old friends learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Marcy. I'm Robin. And I'm Adam. Well, guys, we made it through the long, cold winter and spring is only days away. Thank God. Oh, man. To honor the coming season, we are covering one of, if not the, greatest baseball movies ever made, guys. Don't get upset if you disagree. There's no crying in podcasting. That's right. Ooh, got him. <laughs> <laughs> and also, happy belated International Women's Day. Yeah. Thanks. That was a Thank Are you saying that to us or them? Everybody. Oh, you okay. and any ladies listening. <laughs> what day what day was it? It wasn't it was only yesterday. A was it well, yesterday? Oh, I'm sorry. It was March eighth. As of yes. recording. Yes. 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 Got it. In July of nineteen ninety two, a league of their own premiered. It was a fun, somewhat historical film based on the true story of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, or the AAGPBL, if you like inefficient acronyms. <laughs> For real. It's yeah. way too long. <laughs> it's way too long. Well, it was a highly quotable, heartwarming gem with an all-star cast giving memorable performances. A League of Their Own didn't just celebrate baseball. It highlighted an inspiring moment in women's history, showing little ladies everywhere that there's nothing wrong with throwing like a girl. Yep. That's oh, right. man. Absolutely. That's true. Yes. So let's start this episode with a little bit of history, shall we? Sure. In 1942, healthy men 18 and older were being drafted from all over the country to fight in World War II. This put the future of Major League Baseball into question, and owners were worried that there wouldn't be a season. Philip Wrigley, then owner of the Chicago Cubs, decided to create a committee to come up with ideas to keep ballparks open. The best idea seemed to be a women's softball league. Sure. Yeah. I think it's crazy that they didn't think of this immediately. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, what else were they going to do besides yeah, this? Obviously, right. I mean, it, what were the other ideas? It had to come to this. Yeah. 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 You know that sport that's almost identical? <laughs> <laughs> that women already play on a professional level? Yeah. <laughs> when the league started playing for crowds in the spring of 1943, it was known as the All-American Girls Softball League. The name was confusing because there were already professional softball teams and also because they mostly played by MLB rules. Uh -huh. So the name changed several times throughout the years, but is known as the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. Yeah. So in the beginning, it looked like softball, but it was the distances of baseball. Mm -hmm. The running rules of baseball, you could steal, you could Yeah. Slide. I mean, if they already had the fields for it, they weren't going to change the field. Yeah, th right. and that's, yeah, that was the whole thing. They were having these women come in to play at empty fields that the, yeah. other, the other teams would have been playing at. <laughs> right. So also in softball, there were 10 players, and in baseball, obviously, there are nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, softball, they add, they add somebody in the outfield. Mm-hmm. So... So now it's there's nine players and mm -hmm. it's more baseball-y. Right. Yeah. The game was a combination of softball and baseball. This meant that the ball would be larger than a standard baseball and pitching would be underhand. However, running rules from baseball were applied, along with longer distances between plates to make the game more exciting. Next, scouts were sent to find female players from all over the country and Canada. One of them was a scout for the Chicago Cubs while another was actually a hockey team manager named Johnny Gottslig, who became the manager of the Racine Bells, which we see in the movie. Yeah. Oh, very nice. A League of Their Own changed a lot of the history, but the core story is there. The film crams events that took place over the course of 12 seasons into one season of play. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> in the film, the women are playing with baseballs and pitching overhand. In later years of the league, this is how the game was played, although it was not this way in the first season. Uh -huh. 
The film depicts an uphill struggle for the girls, as they aren't filling seats and have to start using gimmicks to get crowds. This actually isn't true, because the Women's Baseball League was popular from the get-go. Even though this particular struggle didn't happen, the conflict in the movie represents a very real struggle that women still face when it comes to being taken seriously as athletes. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mm -hmm. mean, a lot of people talk about the WNBA right now mm -hmm. as struggling to garner the same amount of attention as the NBA. Yeah. When in in that case, it is even closer yeah. than yeah. like yeah. softball, baseball. So it's yeah. like, what? You know, yeah. <laughs> what's the what really is the difference? There's yeah. this really deep culture of it's just not as good because it's women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a point in this movie even where it's like, well, the guys are coming home or winning the war, mm -hmm. but this we won't need this anymore. Just yeah. not not necessarily thinking, well, we don't want these women. It's just like, well, the guys yeah. are coming back, and it's yeah. just the yeah. way things were. Yeah. I found it, the little gimmick that they use is that little promotional video, mm -hmm. and it was interesting how they pointed out what these girls could do outside oh, yeah. of playing. Like, oh, she knits, and she cooks for her family, and <laughs> yeah, things like that, and I'm yeah. like, it's very yeah. interesting that you're pointing that out. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. like, get to know them. Yeah. They're, they're cool. They're all right, but... Pointing out different things about them. Yeah, but they were yeah. all very, I felt very, like, woman yeah. things. Don't forget you that know, these like, are oh, ladies. Yeah. yeah, in the 40s, like, this is what women do. Yeah, it's like a very, very classic gender yeah. conformity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The movie's main character, Dottie, was based on a real player for the Rockford Peaches named Dorothy Kamenschek. Dorothy was an all-star player for the Rockford Peaches, but she played first base and was not a catcher. She also played ball for several seasons, while her film counterpart quit after the first season. According to one of the former athletes, Helen Giggsmith, the two sisters, Dottie and Kit, were based on Marge and Helen Calligan from Canada. So those, oh. so she was, I think, a combination of people, yeah. Dottie was. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that sister dynamic was a very real thing that they did base off of something. The girls are treated like models and are forced to attend finishing school. This is actually true. They were sent to the Helena Rubenstein Beauty Salon for makeovers and were taught proper etiquette. Uh, the most useless thing <laughs> for baseball. I mean, come on. Right, because they weren't thought of as baseball players necessarily, yeah. right? This, yeah. is, this was supposed to be just a form of entertainment. And yeah. so they needed the women to seem like women, yeah. but also be entertaining gameplay. Almost mm -hmm. like... A circus in a way. It's like, yeah. can you believe this? Look at that. That's ladies <laughs> playing baseball. Like, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Apparently, the reputation for female softball players wasn't great in 1942. And so Philip Wrigley implemented strict rules to clean up the image of his players. Women could be fined for having hair too long or being seen in public wearing slacks or shorts. They also couldn't smoke or drink. I mean... If they didn't let the the guy baseball players smoke or drink, I'd get it. But I think yeah. they did, right? There were, I think there were official rules that they just let the guys. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it wasn't really a thing. So why the heck are they enforcing yeah, it now? Yeah, it was like a formality, yeah. I think, right. for men. Yeah. But it wasn't like a. In the movie, the Racine Bells face the Rockford Peaches in the final series. At the end of the first season of the AAGPPL. The Rockford Peaches finished last. However, they did win championships four times over the 12 years that the league existed. Nice. Yeah. Pretty good. So they weren't even in that game. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> in the 1943 season, the Racing Bells did, in fact, win the title. So that is true. Oh, nice. Cool. At the end of the film, we see the women of the AAGPBL get honored at Cooperstown, the National Baseball Hall of Fame. It's true. The women are honored in a permanent exhibit at Cooperstown that was installed in 1988, but they have not been officially inducted into the actual Hall of Fame. Oh, man. So it, it's a very important. You have to listen very yeah. carefully at the end when he's cutting the ribbon. He says, you are the first women inducted to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Nope. Nope. Not. That was a Hollywood thing. That's Aww. not true. Man, they are not. That's a are, bummer. A, as of right now, there are no female players inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. 
That seems um silly. There is a woman who was a manager, mm. but that's it. There's no female players. Wow. I mean, if you've got a team that won four out of twelve championships, a third, yeah. it's like a third like, of that's all the pretty freaking good for such <laughs> yeah. a short-lived yeah. league. Yeah. Like maybe some of them ought to be in there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty high ratio, ratio probably. Yeah. It's definitely weird because it's called the National Baseball Hall of Fame. It is not called the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. There really should. There's no reason why it doesn't say right. the Men's Hall of Fame. Yeah, it, it's yeah. not. There's no reason why they can't have anybody who played professional baseball. Yeah. Like play yeah. baseball on a professional level should be eligible to be in the Hall of Fame, but I guess not. So that exhibit's there, though. I have been to yeah. the Hall of Fame, and I've seen this exhibit. It's it's really there. So nice, nice. That, something yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah. You just need to do better. It made Come me on. laugh. It made me laugh when they finally got this exhibit. They wanted mm-hmm. this exhibit for years, and when they finally got it, <laughs> they had to move the evolution of equipment exhibit. <laughs> Oh, oh, boo-hoo. Boo-freaking-hoo. Like, oh, no. I'll that... never know what the difference between a bat and a bat is. <laughs> I was like, that exhibit was in the Hall of Fame right. before this. So in case you haven't seen this film, or if it's been a while, here's a quick little rundown synopsis. Dottie and Kit are living on their family farm when approached by a talent scout. He has seen them playing ball locally and wants Dottie to try out for the new women's league. At first, Dottie won't go, but when Kit convinces the scout to take them both, they decide to head to Chicago for tryouts. The girls become members of the first AAG PBL and are assigned to the Rockford Peaches. The film follows their first season, led by their coach, the washed-up ball player Jimmy Dugan. As Dottie becomes more and more of a star, it creates a rift between her and her sister Kit. The movie also explores the dynamics of of the other players as they learn to grow as ballplayers. I love this movie so much. This is one of my favorite movies. I love the way they did this. It's so great. (laughs) The dynamic between the sisters and having and following them, but then it's it's kind of cool because at first you think. These are the main characters. These two girls are the people we're going to follow. But as it becomes more of an ensemble movie and there's like every main girl gets her moment. Like, you know, she gets like her moment where you really see that person shine. And it's really nice that they do it that way. Mm -hmm. So really, this is like one of the best ensemble movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it's really nice. And I had never seen this movie until uh, at least all the way through until doing this episode Mm -hmm. and i'm glad i did because i as far as sports movies go i have a lot more like i like a lot more of the baseball ones than others like yeah for some reason the baseball ones always tend to be very good movies yeah and i'd seen a couple of the famous scenes before and stuff and i was like oh Mm -hmm. there it is from you know (laughs) from all the trailers and the the little um you know commercials or whatever but all together now that i've seen it it's it's fabulous yeah very good movie so next we'll talk a little bit about how the movie was made as we usually do right (laughs) in the 1980s kelly candell the son of the original aag pbl player decided to make a documentary about the league when the documentary aired director penny marshall happened to be watching it took kelly candell and kim wilson about five years from creating the documentary to writing the treatment and pitching the film to fox when the deal with fox fell through penny marshall asked producer robert greenhunt to make the film with her at sony columbia since they agreed to pay for it marshall said in 2005 i saw a documentary about this league and i didn't even know it existed and if i didn't know that means other people didn't know and I was going to change that. And yes, I had a deal with Fox at the time. But then I got signed to Sony from Fox. And they said, we'll even let you do that girls movie. <laughs> yeah, just that girls movie. <laughs> one. Just, yeah, we'll just allow one. you we'll one. We'll throw you a bone. <laughs> In 1988, about 150 members of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League gathered with their families at Cooperstown to witness the opening of a permanent exhibit to the Women's League. 
According to one of the players, Penny Marshall came and interviewed the players to get ideas for the movie. One of these stories was about the son of one of the players, an annoying little boy that caused mayhem. Aww. If you guys remember from the movie, one of the players has, it, has her son <laughs> along with them and causes all kinds of trouble, and it's, mm-hmm. it's cute. But that's something that... But the, also... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that they really... <laughs> yeah, yes. Also not cute, but... Cool. And it's cool, too, because if you remember from the end of this movie, the m- movie begins and ends with, like, this reunion of the women. Like the present day. Yeah, yeah, at Cooperstown. And that's essentially what this was that she went to. It mm-hmm. was this unveiling of the exhibit. Interesting little tidbit. The guy that plays the grown-up little kid was actually also in Teen Wolf, which yeah. was our last episode. Hey. Yes. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. Connection. Stillwell's his name, right? Yes. But he almost like causes an accident. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he got us. And I said while we were watching, I was like, I'm going to strap that kid down <laughs> under the seat. Yeah. Like you can't have him doing that. <laughs> the team hired Babalu Mandel and Lowell Gans as scriptwriters. They worked closely with the documentary filmmakers and pulled the inspiration for their two main characters from Candell's mother and aunt who played on the same team. Yeah. So the guy who made the documentary, yeah. So his mom and sister were essentially the inspiration for Dottie wow. and Kit. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah, like they changed up the positions and everything. They made them catcher and pitcher because they knew that that would yeah. increase the tension yeah, and the dynamic absolutely. of the characters. Make the rift bigger. Yeah, and and the whole sibling rivalry thing, they said, we're sure they had that, but they obviously played it up for the movie and right, stuff. Yeah. Right. To put it into perspective as to how little known this story was, one of the scriptwriters was a baseball fanatic and didn't even know about the AAG PBL. What a fool. Yeah. <laughs> you call yourself a real baseball fan? Yeah. <laughs> In his review of the film, Roger Ebert admitted he also had not heard of this time in baseball as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It really wasn't something people knew about. Mm -hmm. Casting the film was one of the biggest challenges. We talked about this when we did our episode on The Natural last summer. You guys remember that episode? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It can be hard to act like you can play a sport if you can't actually play a sport. People will notice. You'll see it on screen. Yeah. (laughs) So filmmakers were adamant that they find women who could actually play baseball to be in the movie. Every actress went through tryouts as well as screen tests. About 2,000 girls auditioned. But no one was cast in the film until they passed the baseball portion, except for Gina Davis. Originally, Deborah Winger was tapped to play a lead in the film, but dropped out. According to Marshall in her book, Winger left because they cast Madonna in the film. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. she felt that her superstar status would shift the focus of the film on her. I guess the quote was, you're making an Elvis movie. Oh. Oh. Yeah, you know, okay. where it's, it's like yeah. a, a silly, dumb movie. Yeah. And, hey, I'm a star, you know, that I kind mean, of thing. I mean, I get the sentiment. I understand why she would feel that way, but. But, like, stick uh, around and see what they're yeah. actually doing. Right. I yeah. was going to say, I was going to say, because <laughs> it did not feel like that at all. No. If you didn't already know from the opening credits, like, you may have missed it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, sure, she's in it, but, like, you know. Not, like, obviously being herself, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The actresses attended training for eight hours a day, six days a week, for seven months, to master baseball skills. <sighs> Some of the scars and bruises shown in the movie were actually real, and three women reportedly sustained concussions while learning how to slide. My gosh. Ooh, ouch. There's a scene where they... It's kind of like a bit of a montage, too, mm-hmm. where you can kind of see them getting hurt yeah. and stuff. And yeah. Yeah, those were real... Those are real wow. bruises and stuff. And there's that one, yeah, where she's they pull off the ice pack and it's this they take big... take a picture of it, yeah. Yeah, they take a picture of it. really bad. Yeah, really, oh. really did. Since they have to wear these ridiculous skirt uniforms, mm-hmm. yeah. that was like bare leg, basically, yes. on the dirt. Because not only do you hit the leg, uh-huh. you have the chafing. Yeah. From when you're going up, and so you it gets a little bloody, too. Yeah. I was about to say, it looked like it was an open was... wound in the middle. Yeah. Like, it was all purple and gross on the outside, and then it looked like it was Gosh, just, like, ripped man. skin yeah. in the middle. And I'm like, yeah, Because you have these people, these actresses in period costumes. Yeah. Right. So they're playing actual baseball yeah. with baseballs and bats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not wearing helmets. Yeah. They're not wearing 
any other kind of protective gear besides, right. I mean, yeah. the catcher's got oh, a pad. <laughs> yeah. The thinnest I mean, pad. Yeah. yeah. You and, know? and that little, like, cage face thing. Yeah. 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 And like you guys said, the skirts and everything. Mm-hmm. So they were playing the way they did back then. And the, yeah. not a lot of protective stuff. No. Producers wanted a love story between Dottie, Gina Davis, and Jimmy, Tom Hanks, which Penny Marshall objected to. Good. Yeah. Yes. She felt that a romance would distract from the major story and message of the film, and she was right. The relationship between a male and female character that has nothing to do with romance or sex subverts a film stereotype and further empowers the message of the movie. Great, great professional decision. Yes. Because her already being married from the beginning just takes all that away. Yeah. It's like she's obviously a loving wife. whose husband is at war like Mm -hmm. she wants kids like she yeah you know so they don't even worry about it she's just playing ball and she's good at it yes she's like get you know get this schlub out of the way (laughs) yes until he starts to yeah she's she's able to easily give him shit without worrying yeah there was an original scene where Dottie and jimmy kiss late one night at the end of the scene she runs into the clubhouse and starts packing her things In the final cut of the movie, this scene happens after she has a fight with her sister, Kit, not after kissing Jimmy. Uh So there's a scene in the movie where she comes in, she's feverishly packing up, and I think Ira comes in, a character named Ira comes in, and he says, what's wrong? What's going on? You need to be to trade somebody? Originally, that happened because Jimmy kissed her. Uh I'm glad they flipped it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really good decision. Do you know if they filmed the scene again? I... I or don't like, know if oh I don't know if they filmed it twice I don't know I was gonna say because like yeah. the packing scene would have worked it, either way you just need to know yeah the, what yeah happened it before. doesn't seem like they would have to because yeah. I mean I'm sure she would not have mentioned the kiss to Ira either no, way no, yeah so no. I mean if she was just in a hurried state she mm-hmm. wanted to be traded especially because he says what do you why what's wrong and she just says it I don't want to talk about it yeah. The idea that a married woman would kiss another man reportedly upset the original AAGPBL players, and it was thankfully cut from the movie. Yes. In a Sports Illustrated review, writer Steve Wolf mentioned this by saying, And for one brief sterling moment, in a scene between Hanks and Gina Davis on the bus, you have a movie rarity, a man and a woman connecting with no sex involved. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like genuine, like understanding for a second. Yeah, it, you know, and she ends up. What does she give him a coke? Yeah, she gives him a coke and takes his flask, which is also like, terrible it's for very you. Very funny. <laughs> yeah, at least she wouldn't get drunk. But off at least it, she I guess. won't get drunk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I also read that producers wanted her to be the one that gets him to quit drinking, uh-huh. and uh, they didn't want to do that. So the compromise was they have a scene where she gives him a coke, mm-hmm. where she gets ah, him, okay. which I think was a lot better. I yeah. mean, yeah. yeah I I, I like that he kind of picks himself up and it's not yeah. her that makes him stop drinking. Yeah. It's just like he's falling in love with the game again. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's respecting the girls. He's yeah. He's getting mm-hmm. into his job and that's why it, he stops. It seems more true to life because when you're to change, you have to be the one, one yeah. to want right. to change. People can nope. push you. Yeah. But... Exactly. But it's yeah. really you who has to make the decision to change. Yeah. And it shouldn't be because you like somebody. Yes. Absolutely. You definitely shouldn't do that. Yeah. I love that they pointed this out in Sports Illustrated in 1992. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, even as a child, watching this thinking that they might get together Mm -hmm. because of that scene. Yeah. That's how how intense that stereotype is. Yep. That you can't have a scene like that Mm -hmm. unless they're going to end up together. (laughs) Yeah. This movie, like... Is like the standard of the Bechtel test, right? This is like the gold standard that you show people. It's like, you need to know a movie that passes this one. Here you go. Yes, it's this movie. All right, so let's talk about starring. Who is in this movie? First up, we got Tom Hanks as Jimmy Dugan. Tom Hanks had recently made big with Penny Marshall a few years before. He was worried he might not be old enough for the role of Jimmy Dugan in A League of Their Own. Marshall reportedly told him that he didn't need to be old to be washed up and that since his character stopped playing baseball because of alcohol, it made sense for him to be young. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good fit. After Big, Tom Hanks hadn't had a big success for a few years. 
The movie helped put him at the top of the A-list. Yeah. And for this role, he had to gain 30 pounds. (laughs) Oh, fun. But Hank's character, Jimmy Dugan, was a composite of two real ball players, Jimmy Fox and Hack Wilson, that had short-lived careers due to alcoholism. Fox actually managed the Fort Wayne Daisies for a season. Yeah. So a little bit of truth there, too. Yeah. Next up, we have Gina Davis as catcher Dottie Hinson. Gina Davis has appeared in several films like Beetlejuice, Thelma and Louise, and Stuart Little. She's also appeared in the Netflix show Glow. After reading the script, Davis said the film was an absolute yes immediately. About the role, she said, I have always sought characters that got to do interesting things from a selfish point of view as an actor. I didn't want to just be the girlfriend of the person who is having all the interesting things happen. And this is the ultimate example of that. I bring it up when I give speeches because I say, I would rather play the baseball player than the girlfriend of the baseball player. And I'm lucky that I've had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a good outlook to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Penny Marshall's first choice for the role was actually Demi Moore, but by the time the movie was going to be made, Demi was pregnant. Yeah. Uh Yeah. They said they had her out in the batting cages. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Trying out and everything. Lori Petty played pitcher Kit Keller. Lori has been in Point Break, Tank Girl, and Free Willy. She's still an active actress, being in Orange is the New Black, and some recent horror movies as well. Ooh. Yeah. We'll talk about this later, but in a tweet, she revealed she believes that Dottie did not drop the ball on purpose. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. If yeah, you haven't we'll seen the movie, that. we'll explain yeah. that. Interesting. One. Madonna as center field May Mortabito. Madonna took the role because she wanted a diverse career. The role offered her less money than she was used to, but she was dedicated to doing a good job. Apparently, her character was originally at third base but it had to be moved to the outfield because Madonna couldn't master fielding ground balls. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They said that she did a good job sliding and stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. For someone who was a mega star, multi-platinum yeah. person, yeah. they said she did everything that yeah. the other girls did. She mm-hmm. never acted like she was above it. She always did, show, you know. The producer said, we we had some, you know, let, you have to go to the principal's office moments with, with Madonna. <laughs> but he said it wasn't any, there was, she wasn't like a diva. She, yeah. she always did her best. She was always very genuine about it. That's amazing. Especially considering how hot it must have been on those fields. Oh, yeah. You just <laughs> yeah. become, anyone be filled with drama yeah. at any minute. It's like, yes. I wanted this i'm sweating (laughs) this is just you know you can easily go that way oh yeah Yeah. rosie o'donnell was the third baseman doris murphy rosie said i got league of their own because i was one of the few women who could throw really throw from third to first so i got that job and then that just led to other jobs yeah this was her first movie yeah yeah, That's so cool. cool. It was a very good first movie to be in. Sure yeah. was. It, it was funny because I don't use I don't catch every name at the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but as soon as she started talking, I was like, "Is that?" And then she just, <laughs> and then she just turned, and I was like, "Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. Rosie!" I had no yeah. idea. I feel like she was a big part of our childhood. Oh, so right. many I mean, movies. She, yeah, she was in movies. I think she had like a. You know, a like a daytime show. show yeah. And... When we were kids, yeah. she was the host of the Kids' Choice Awards. Yeah. Yes. Every That's year, right. it was Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. She was the host. And I remember I remember watching this, and it was always just such a treat to see her. Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness, it's Rosie O'Donnell. Oh yeah. yeah. Rosie's been in many things, but a few to mention are Sleepless in Seattle, The Flintstones from 1994, and she lent her voice to Turk in Tarzan. That's right. One of her best roles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rosie would sometimes entertain the extras in the stands since there was a lot of downtime between scenes. She was also known to sing Madonna's songs on the set, which would annoy the singer to great comedic effect. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I love it. She said, they said one day she came out and she was saying all the words to Holiday. Oh and Madonna was like, do not sing my song again. Don't. And the oh. next day she came out and sang Vogue. Sing a different. 
Yeah. Good, good. I was they, like, don't listen to that. Yeah, they said it was like it was part of their friendship that that kind of went into the movie. Yeah. Because they did have a very like mm-hmm. fun relationship on yeah. the set. Yeah. Hi, my name's May, and that's more than a name. That's an attitude. That's my friend Doris, best player on the team. Thank you, May. You're the best. <laughs> Megan Cavanaugh was second baseman Marla Hooch. According to Mental Floss, Rosie O'Donnell was almost the part of Marla, but Megan Cavanaugh proved to be perfect for the role. Thankfully, Rosie got a role that fit her perfectly as the hilarious Doris Murphy, like we just said. Yeah. And Megan Cavanaugh is also a really good voice actor. She does a yeah. lot of voices. Mm-hmm. She's been in, in other things besides yeah. this uh, live action, but she's the mom in Jimmy Neutron. I think that's probably oh, that's really cool. nice. the yeah, one nice. that I would know the most. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tracy Reiner was left fieldman and pitcher Betty Horn. Even though she is Penny Marshall's daughter, Tracy didn't want to audition for the movie. She only went because her cousin wanted to go. The coaches placed her in the top 20 girls from the 2000 that tried out. Much to Marshall's surprise. Dang. Yeah. She's pretty good at baseball. Yeah. It's kind of funny. It's like Penny Marshall did not expect to cast her own child. No. In this movie. And yeah. then her own child tries out. And the and then the coaches, unironically, when they give the list, okay, yeah. these are the girls that did the best today. <laughs> and she sees her own daughter's name on there. <laughs> it's like, but, well, shoot. <laughs> yeah. She said she said her ma- mom was kind of mad at her. And she, <laughs> she thought it was because. She had just had her wisdom teeth out. Oh. So, like, her mouth was bleeding and everything yeah. after the tryout. Oh, my gosh. Because she really shouldn't be, you shouldn't be doing and that no, if you you're shouldn't be doing that recovering from active. surgery. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, she thought that's why she, her mom was mad, but her, her mom came in and said, how did you end up in the top <laughs> 20? That's <laughs> amazing. Maybe she just, it just turned out that she ended, she's like, wow, baseball is so much fun. And then she just, yeah, <laughs> it was, she was a natural. Biddy Schramm was right fielder Evelyn Gardner. You may remember her as Adrian Monk's original assistant in the show Monk. Or because her character receives the iconic line, there's no crying in baseball, from Tom Hanks, after she fails to hit her cutoff during a play from the outfield. This is a running thing in the movie that mm-hmm. she can't hit her cutoff, man. Yeah. And uh, I I love it because, you know, they show the shows. This is a really great way to show his growth, right? Yeah. Because there comes to a point where he's screaming at her because yes. she's not hitting her cut off. And, you know, so they keep getting runs through because the right. ball's not coming through all the right. way. And then when he goes, that's just something I'd like you to work on. For next, yeah. for next season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah. He's like gritting his teeth. Like, I'm not. Yes. I'm not gonna yell this time. Yes, but yeah. if you guys Work noticed, if you guys noticed in the final play, she did hit her she cutoff. She nails man. it. Yeah. Ah, and, yes. I, and I noticed because when she was running, and she was like, "Yes." Yeah, she did it. Yeah. Yeah, she hit it, but it didn't matter. They lost anyway. Oh God. <laughs> not because of her though. Yep, she did it. She <laughs> yes. hit her cutoff. And she was also, I believe, the mother of uh, Stillwell, the yes. little boy. Yes, that's right. She's the mom of the little boy. <laughs> and we have Anne Cusack as left fielder Shirley Baker. Anne recently played Warden Porter in Castle Rock and Donna January in The Boys. Ah, okay. Uh-huh. Some, some pretty recent stuff. Yeah. But the rest of the Rockford Peaches were Anne Ramsey as first baseman Helen Haley. Freddie Simpson as shortstop and pitcher, Ellen Sue Gothlander. Renee Coleman as left fielder and catcher, Alice Gaspers. Robin Knight as shortstop, Beans Babbitt. Patty Pelton as second baseman, Marbleanne Wilkinson. Kelly Skimpsons as outfielder, Beverly Dixon. Neezer Tarleton as outfielder, Neezer Dalton. Connie Pounds Taylor as outfielder, Connie Calhoun. Kathleen Marshall as outfielder Mumbles Brockman. Sharon Schmidt as second base Vivian Ernst. And then we have Pauline Brailsford as Miss Cuthbert. Pauline was also in American Playhouse, Big Shouts, and Murder, She Wrote. She's the one who Tom Hanks' character kisses at the very beginning on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> ah. She's like the finishing She's like, school. She's like their chaperone. Yeah. 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 Next, we have David Strathern as Ira Lonestein. David has been in several things, including Lincoln, Godzilla, and L.A. Confidential. Yeah. That's a good one in there. 
Next is John Lovitz as Ernie Cappadino. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Goodbye. Wait, you're going? Ah, uh, dry your eyes. Yeah, I'm just going home, grab a shower and a shave, give the wife a little pickle tickle, and I'm on my way. I'll see you. John has been in several things. One was actually big, which, of course, Hanks was in also. Yeah. Then we have Bill Pullman as Bob Hinson. Bill Pullman, who plays Dottie's husband, has been in While You Were Sleeping, Spaceballs, and Independence Day. And lastly, we have Gary Marshall as Walter Harvey. Gary is Penny Marshall's brother and often worked with her. We see them pair as the devil and Medusa in the movie Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Yeah. What a great scene. So we got a few more things to talk about here. Yeah. Ah, the ball drop debate. Here we go. At the climax of the film, Kit, Lori Petty, comes to bat at the bottom of the ninth with two outs and a woman on base in the final game of the championship. She's batting against her former team, the Rockford Peaches, with her older sister playing catcher behind her. After two strikes, Kit hits an apparent triple, tying the game. But as she touches third base, Kit ignores the stop signal from her coach and barrels through, attempting to turn her triple into an infield home run. At the plate stands Dottie, her perfect older sister and superior ball player, yeah. <laughs> that Kit resents. She smashes into Dottie, who holds the ball, and must tag Kit before she hits the plate. After the dust clears, the crowd can see that Dottie, the Queen of Diamonds, has dropped the ball, meaning that Kit is safe at home and the Racing Bells have won the first AAGPBL championship. Oh, man. Yeah. What a twist. Yeah, this is a pretty, pretty intense scene here, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of build-up to this because yeah. of all that tension between the two sisters. Yeah, because you have this really strong sibling rivalry. Kit really resents her because Dottie is effortlessly better. She's very annoying. It's like at home. It's like if you're here, I'm not here. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know what I mean. I know I'm wrong. I know you're right and I'm wrong. I know that. I just... I just get so mad. Why do you got to be so good? Huh? Yeah, and she kind of mistakes that as just Dottie's fault. Which yeah. is not really Dottie's fault. Mm-hmm. No. So, you know, then there's that big misunderstanding where Kit gets traded to another team to stop the fighting between her and Dottie. And, of course, culminates in this crash at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with the movie, you know that there is a bit of a debate as to whether Dottie dropped the ball on purpose to let Kit have the victory, as it was so much more important to her. Biddy Schramm, who played Evelyn, said in an interview that she believed it was a subconscious decision for Dottie to drop the ball. But Gina Davis has given a different answer, saying, I'll say two things about that. Number one, I know the answer because it was me. Of course I know the answer. And two, no, I'm not going to answer that question. I never have and I never will. Wow. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) You will find many arguments for both sides. One, that Dottie was just as competitive as Kit, so why would she decide to come back for one final game just to let her sister win? On the contrary, Dottie has made that play countless times before. One time is even shown in the movie, and yet she never had trouble holding onto the ball before. We have our own ideas, as we're sure everyone listening does. Mm -hmm. But for now, I guess we'll pull a Gina Davis and say it's a question that will just have to go unanswered. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's there's strong evidence that leans both ways. Yeah. Because you could say, like, we just mentioned it before, that Kit wants it so bad. And kind of in the movie, it's she says to her, like, you wanted it more. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You could say that. But on the other hand, she knew what kind of balls her sister would go after that she didn't usually hit the yeah. high balls mm-hmm. yeah. and so she told him hey do the high balls she can't lay off of them and she can't hit and them. she can't hit them so that could have been right. like well she probably wouldn't hit all three but then she, or uh, you know any of the three but mm-hmm. she she did hit one so i don't think she dropped it on purpose and the reason i don't think she did is because she is so hard on kit the whole movie she pulls her out when she's not doing well. Mm-hmm. She's 
she, I mean, and it's like she treats her like the games first when it comes to being on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why she would drop it. Yeah. I always felt like maybe she did drop it on purpose, but I feel like just now watching it again, it really doesn't seem like it because I don't see why she would suddenly throw the game. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. when she told, she told the pitcher high balls, she didn't even think mm-hmm. she'd get past that far. She didn't yeah, even think that she, exactly. she thought she was going to strike out right there. And yeah. that was the end of the game. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And, you know, there would have been other times, other moments in the game where she would have had the opportunity to, you know, give it to her or whatever. Yeah. And I think that if, if you look at it as her not dropping the ball on purpose, you see that it's like Kit finally did it. Mm-hmm. Kit yeah. finally broke out of her sister's shadow. Yeah. But if you see it as her dropping the ball on purpose, that character never gets that. And it's yeah. a little unfair to that yeah. character. Mm-hmm. I tend to agree with you because, like you said here, um, Dottie is incredibly competitive the whole time. Yeah. yeah. So why would she do that? There's there's a moment in the movie where Kit is starting to throw kind of like ducks, right? She's just mm-hmm. not doing well as a pitcher. And um, the coach comes in and is like, what do you think? She, you know, she's like, oh, I can stay and I can finish the game. Mm-hmm. But then Dottie, her sister, just goes, now she's she's done. She's done. Yeah. This. Like she's taking the game very seriously to the yeah. point where she calls out her own sister. It's yeah. like, look, you're not pitching well. You need yeah. this. You need to yeah. be benched. You know, if she was really trying to give her yeah. sister that moment, yeah. maybe even then she would just say, well, OK, finish the game if you believe yeah. you can or whatever. Yeah. Right. But she didn't do that. She's yeah. like, "Well, no, this is, we're taking this game seriously, and right. you're not mm-hmm. you're not doing well." She had her teammates. She That's knew how was important thinking. it was to it, them. It would not have been fair to the teammates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think so, but yeah. I definitely could see how it's an ambiguous thing. Mm-hmm. And if you, I think, depending on how you look at it, it kind of changes the whole scene. Ch- changes like yeah, the, yeah. the dynamic between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at the end of the thing, I think the nicer one, the nicer version of the story is that she didn't and Kit finally gets that moment. Because it's not yeah. like, it's not like she, Kit now thinks that she's better than Dottie in every yeah. way. That's not how it goes. It's like, mm-hmm. finally I got one. Yeah. And now we can put it behind us and just yeah. be sisters. And if Dottie did it for her, it solely's that moment Ugh, and yeah. makes it so that Kit never got to actually step out and mm-hmm. be yeah, because you could see how happy Kit was after that signing signing balls for kids and like just being so happy. Yeah, like give that to her, right? Yeah, yeah. let her have it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this film was a commercial and critical success, with a budget of forty million. Its cumulative worldwide gross was one hundred and thirty-two million four hundred and forty thousand sixty-nine dollars. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Pretty damn good. Roger Ebert gave the movie three stars, saying, Marshall shows her women characters in a tug of war between new images and old values. And so her movie is about transition, about how it felt as a woman suddenly to have new roles and freedom. The movie has a real bittersweet charm. The baseball sequences we've seen before. What's fresh are the personalities of the players, the gradual unfolding of their coach, and the way this early chapter of women's liberation fit into the hidebound traditions of professional baseball. By the end, when the women get together again for their reunion, it's touching. The way they have to admit that, what do you know, they really were pioneers. Wonderful. And you know, this reminds me of something that I really liked about the movie the movie's just like look women in baseball that's not the super important thing we're gonna get we're gonna dive deeper into it because a lesser movie would have stuck with the absurdity of women playing baseball right and i'm glad that this movie didn't do that there are other things to worry about and they obviously they do touch on it like the fact that they're wearing these weird uniforms and that they're being Mm -hmm. very forced to be very ladylike at moments yeah but they do it in such a way where it's where we already know that this is wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's there's this scene when they first all get signed onto their teams and Ira Lowenstein, I think mm-hmm. his name, he pops up and he says, You're gonna wear these uniforms or you don't play. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't see it. The men don't see the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, That's a dress. We can't play in a dress. How do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> they just 
you don't think about how much you know to them it may just be a uniform but in reality it Mm -hmm. at least offers some form of protection from the dirt yeah (laughs) right yeah like we're actually going to be playing guys yeah Yeah. like come on this movie about groundbreaking women was directed by you guessed it another groundbreaking woman Penny Marshall went from acting in the popular sitcom Laverne and Shirley to being one of the most celebrated directors of her time. Many argue that A League of Their Own is her greatest film, and you can be sure she had a hand in its success. This film was Marshall's second movie to make more than $100 million at the box office, and she was the first female director to have two films reach that mark. Boom. Amazing. Although the film is noted for highlighting women's issues, Marshall wanted audiences to know that these stories weren't just for women. She told the New York Times, I thought it was something I should do, but I wasn't doing it just to do a women's picture. The problems as they're presented in the movie apply to both men and women. It's about don't be ashamed of your talents. It's a universal thing. Mm-hmm. I like that this movie's about so many things. Yeah. You can yeah. really yeah. read so much out of this movie. Yes. The women in general, some of them are, you know, are ashamed of being good at baseball. It's such a weird thing to think. Like to be ashamed yeah. of be- being really good at something. Uh-huh. But when you're told that that's not something you're supposed to be good at, you're going to be ashamed. Yeah. I mean, that's just yeah. kind of. Yeah. I mean, this movie is just like up to the top with character. At every moment, in every scene, there are little details that all kind of point towards the same thing, right? It's like mm-hmm. the way women are being treated at this moment in time is crap. They all are like pushing through it and still making the best of it. And then at the end of it all showing, maybe not everybody, but a lot of the the main characters that are men now see it. You know, the coach and the the guy running the league, it's like... Well, now that the men are coming back from war or whatever, we we still want to do this. It's like these women are amazing. You know, they they yeah. they don't just fall back. So it's this whole movie at every moment is is showing that, and it's like You're it's right. it's a masterpiece in that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just it's so well done. Yeah, it's like Ira has that little speech kind of where he says, <laughs> you know, the boys went to war, and yeah. we said. Okay, now we need you. And then when they come back, what are we going to do? We're just going to send them back? Yeah. Tell them there's only one thing that they can do? Yeah, yeah I, I like the line where he said something. It was something along the lines of, um, all right, Rosie, put away your rivets. Mm-hmm. The film has an enduring legacy on its own, but it also highlighted the inspirational legacy of the women that played professional baseball. The film brought attention to these remarkable women and helped give them recognition that was long overdue. For 30 years, the remaining players of the AAGPBL journey to New York and reunite at the Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. In 2019, they unveiled a statue honoring Penny Marshall, thanking her for bringing the story to the big screen. Awesome. Yeah, without this movie, I mean, some of the reviewers even said they didn't know that this even happened. Yeah. She didn't either. So it's like, you know... Thank you to this movie. Now so many people yeah, know this so piece of history. There's one scene in the movie that highlights an even more forgotten group of baseball legends, black women. In the scene, a fly ball lands in the stands where African-American fans have been forced to stand due to segregation. Dottie holds out her glove and smiles as a black woman picks up the ball. The woman throws the ball past Dottie and directly into the glove of another player, who then pulls out her hand, indicating that the throw was so powerful that it stung through the glove. Yeah, wow. that was a that was a cool moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It was like, oh damn. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole another untapped bit of talent over here. Yeah, exactly. The scene came about because the screenwriters wanted to have a more diverse cast, but were unable to because of historical accuracy. The scene not only reminds the audience of the fact that even though these women playing were incredible, there were other women that might have been even better but weren't invited to play the game. Yeah, it was a perfect way to do it. The actress in the scene is uncredited, but this moment stayed with audiences, and for many it's their favorite moment in the film. In recent years, there have been calls for Hollywood to make a similar film to A League of Their Own, but about the black women that played professional baseball. Here's hoping that happens. Hey, that would be pretty cool. 
They've been calling for it for years, so hopefully it happens. In 1993, the movie inspired a short-lived TV show of the same name. And there's going to be an Amazon Prime TV show in the works. It's coming out soon. Yeah, it's intended to be a reimagining of the story with a greater focus on sex and race and the issues of the 1940s. It will be a comedy starring Broad City's Abby Jacobson and Darcy Carden from The Good Place. Nice. Not a bad start, yeah. I guess. So now we, as we usually do, we've got some other things that, you know, had nowhere to go. Yeah. yeah. But they're still interesting. <laughs> so yes. we put them in here. That's right. Every actress came up with their own backstory, and Penny Marshall would often quiz the girls and ask them questions about who they were. The original film didn't have the heart-wrenching scene where Betty learns her husband has died overseas. Instead, there was a scene that showed Marla, back from her honeymoon and pregnant, playing for the bells. Dottie slides into her while playing, and her teammates accuse Dottie of going too far to win after Marla gets removed by a stretcher. Wow. This is why Dottie is in tears when Bob arrives, not because Betty has lost her husband. Yeah, so in the movie, there's this really awful scene where they're in the locker room, Mm -hmm. and they get the telegram, which I think was really good to include, and I'm really glad it's in this movie, actually. I'm glad they made this choice. They changed it. The telegram mm-hmm. guy is awful. He's yeah, just a yeah. terrible person. Such a horrible person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my, might as well send, should send someone in person to tell you that your husband's dead. And all these women are sitting there waiting to find out if it's their husband. Mm-hmm. And it's an awful, awful scene. And Yeah, um, and then he wasn't going to tell him. He was going to walk yeah. back to like the truck or whatever. Yeah. He's like, oh, it doesn't have a name on it. Can't give it out. Yeah. So someone now someone here knows that their husband's dead, but they can't get the telegram. Yeah. Uh. And that seems really hard, but I'm glad it's in there because mm-hmm. it adds a great historical context. Like, remember, everybody, it's the 1940s and everything sucks. You know, yeah. baseball's fun and all, but let's let's remember what's going on. <laughs> yeah, there's a war happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I really like that scene, even though it's horrifically sad and makes me bawl every time I watch it. Yeah, it's it's rough. Yeah, it's it's sad. In one scene, Rosie O'Donnell throws two balls to two catchers at once. She learned the impressive trick from one of the original AAG PBL players. Yeah, she's really doing that. That's really her. I think that's cool. That's awesome. So, as we've said throughout this entire thing, we all love this movie very much. Yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to mention (laughs) about it, though, before before we get to the end here? So this movie is really important to me. It's always been really important to me because I love baseball. It's my favorite sport. And I'm a girl. So when you're a girl, (laughs) it's true, when you're a girl and you love baseball, you learn very early that you can't play it. It sucks. Mm -hmm. It's not a fun feeling. It actually feels very left out. Yeah, Mm -hmm. very excluded. Yeah, I remember when I was in third grade, I got to play on a baseball team, and that was the only time I actually got to play baseball. After Mm -hmm. that, they told me, no, it's got to be softball. You can't have to play softball. Mm -hmm. Which, I'm not knocking softball players, you know? They're really strong and fast and Mm -hmm. really, really good athletes, but that's not what I wanted to play. Yeah. I wanted to play baseball. I wanted to play the game that I saw on TV. I Mm -hmm. wanted to play the game that was in all my favorite movies. Yeah. And so... This movie was really special to me because it was like, oh, they're actually playing baseball. This is yeah. something that I wish I could do. This movie really, it it makes, it, it's got this great message where everybody in it is a woman and that's okay. And none of them have to be like men. They can be strong as women. They yeah. don't have to be anything more than what they already are. Mm-hmm. They're enough as they are. And they get to play. Yeah. And they, they're given this freedom, and they're given something that they can just do. And it's just, it's really cool to watch. And it's really rare and special, especially because this takes place in the 1940s, when that wasn't a thing at all. Mm-hmm. E- even to this day, like we were talking about the WNBA doesn't have nearly as much of a following. Yeah. And there is, there is no women's baseball mm-hmm. league, you know. So it... it as much as this movie, you know, shows that it could work and like they get that power yeah. from it, there's you know there's still a lot to be done. Yeah. Now and there's this moment in the movie that I love too. It's one of my favorite parts 
when they're on the bus and Rosie O'Donnell is talking about the boy from home. Oh, yeah. And she says, you know, he made me feel, they made me feel like there was something wrong with me because I, I could play. Mm-hmm. Because I could, I could do this because I was different and that made me, made me feel. And that, that's a really great moment because everybody who's watching this, especially girls, are still being told that there is a way to be. And, and if you're told mm-hmm. that there's a way to be, then you think there's a way to be that's wrong. And yeah. so, you know, having that character, having that one moment of like self-love and acceptance is so special. Mm-hmm. Always made me feel like I was wrong, you know? Like I was some sort of a weird girl or a strange girl or, or not even a girl, just because I could play. I believe them too, but not anymore, you know? I mean, look it. There's a lot of us. I think we're all all right. But the movie's filled with little nuggets like that, little moments, and all these women support each other, you know? And that's something else that I loved about this. And with that, A League of Their Own isn't a battle of the sexes movie. It doesn't waste time comparing women to men. It shows you the talents of women as they stand alone. So often, female sports are looked at as less exciting or legitimate than men's sports. This movie seeks to show the audience that sports are always hard work and that players are players, no matter their gender. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But A League of Their Own is more than that. It's a movie about sisterhood, the idea that women are stronger together. So often, films and other media perpetuate a message that women don't like each other and don't want to see each other succeed. A League of Their Own smashes that stereotype with characters that are constantly lifting each other up and helping each other out. How easy would it have been to write a catty, mean character that causes drama and conflict on Mm -hmm. the team? Mm -hmm. They didn't do that. Nope. Yeah. And I love that they didn't do that. And and honestly, it makes even me feel like, damn, I want to be on this team. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone seems so nice and fun. Like, I would love to be somebody like on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like an assistant coach or something. I, like, I would have... It seems so yes. awesome, yeah. right? Yes, yep. and this stuff like this makes girls trust other women. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're always told that other women are mean, you don't trust them, and you, don't, and you miss out on this sisterhood. Yep. Of course, there are fights and disagreements, just like with any group of human beings. Overall, the film depicts a positive culture among women that we find to not only be refreshing, but generally true. And with that message, there's the realization that there is no right or wrong way to be a woman. There's a scene where an older woman gives social commentary on the female baseball players, saying that they were chosen based on who was most masculine. When people say things like this, they're only looking at women as they relate to men. Not a single woman in this movie is trying to be masculine. They are trying to play baseball, and they are succeeding. It's, it's it's a lot more simple than you think. <laughs> yep. Yep. A League of Their Own may not be the most historically accurate film, but it squashes gender stereotypes and captures the spirit of baseball. It holds truths that absolutely everyone needs to learn. If we were asked to compare this film with other baseball movies, we'd have to say that it's in a league of its own. Ha. Was it really easy to come was, up with that? It was the absolutely. easiest part of this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I Besides no crying in podcasting. That's ah, right. That's right. It's another that's good right. one. You know, I got to say, if you haven't seen this movie, do yourself a favor and watch this movie. Yeah. Because it is so good. Yes. Even if you are a grouchy man who yes. is shouldn't be listening to this podcast, yes. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even if you're not a fan of baseball or don't like right. baseball, yeah. it's still a really go. enjoyable movie. Yeah. It really, yeah. really is. Yeah. So, I mean, I think yeah. anybody would like this. It's funny. I agree. It's upbeat. It's heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think with that, that's another case closed. Yay! Woo! So make sure you guys check us out at blackcasediaries.com. 
Yes. Check out our new show, No Small Parts. BCD presents No Small Parts. You can find that on our website or just blackcasediaries.com slash no small parts. Yeah. Episode four coming this yes, month. Yes. Exciting. Oh, yeah. Getting that out. And before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons, Joel, John, Jacob, Jacqueline, JD, Anthony, Shelly, Linda, and guys, guess what? We got a new patron. Yeah. Welcome, <laughs> James. Woo! Oh. Another J. Another J. We are very popular with the J names, guys. This is a J name podcast. Unbelievable. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for supporting us. Yeah, we got lots of cool stuff. And hey, the drink of the week is back. Yes, we got our drink. This week it is a drink of their own. Tasty. So uh, the recipe for that will be Free on Patreon, so be sure to check that out. Yes, yes. you don't have to be a patron yeah. to look at these episodes to, to look at these recipes. They're free for everybody. Yeah, so if you are planning that um that like watch party, safe watch party with uh <laughs> where you're gonna watch a league of their own, you can make up a whole bunch of Cocktails. drink of their owns yeah. and uh, divvy them out. See, be uh-huh. a real good time. There you go. Exactly. All right. Happy Women's Month! See ya.